The following program contains views and opinions which are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody. What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life, but the Bible teaches there's a time to laugh, and this is as good as any. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus... Is coming back sooner than you think. You might have visitors at your church this weekend. We'll talk about that. Life lessons for our faith that we can actually use probably won't if we tend to be more like a sponge and just absorb things. Perhaps we can be a little bit more active and moving forward in the kingdom of God. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Well, the real main reason is we pay the rent. But then the other reason is because I think I'm funny, even if I'm not. Also, Bible trivia for fake, and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. How do you respond when you know that people around you are going bonkers? How do you respond as a Christian when people that are in your own life, in your own family, are like going, ah? Do you bring a calm? Do you add to the frenzy? What would Jesus do if people were flipping out? That's the question to ask. Hey, if you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want it to die of loneliness. We want you to have that opportunity to share it, to talk to people about it. If you've got a praise report, this is perfect because other brothers and sisters will hear it and it will bless them. If you have a, a prayer request, it's an opportunity to have those same brothers and sisters join you. And have collective faith bringing our petitions before the Lord. You can have something that's on your heart and mind. You just might have a question. Maybe you really want to understand why people like bicycles. I don't know. It could be anything you can ask. We'll do our best. We cannot always answer, but we will give you the best that we can give you and do our best to encourage you in the Lord. The way to go about it, to reach out to us, is to call us. That's the first and most simple way. You can call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you call, 972-445-0770, you will end up talking to Captain Chris. You know what that's like? That's like eating an old-fashioned peanut butter and jelly sandwich or an old-fashioned grilled cheese sandwich. 
Oh, yeah, baby. And then you will be... Don't you know I love the with a grilled cheese sandwich and then you pull it out of the skillet like you know you make it and then you just put it in your mouth and it would burn your house burn burn your mouth a little bit it was like so good did you like that I usually wait for it to cool but yeah okay <laughs> you got to eat some marshmallows after they've <laughs> are they cooled down yet let's put them on ice anyhow uh, I want you to be able to reach out to us by phone that way you can also text us by the way two one four two one zero eight four eight three don't call that number. Somebody already did that. Don't do that. You text 214-210-8483. 214-210-8483. You can also email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. David, the little at sign, hemustincrease.org. As well, we're going to send you to the website, a couple of things to tell you up ahead of time so that you can be aware. One... We are going to be bringing back next week the return of the ambassador commercials because the brochures are in, just hold on, and the instructional video is being made, and you will find out that our goal in you sharing about the show is not for you to follow any routine, but for you to be 100% you wherever you go. I don't want you to be being weird about it or anything like that. So we're going to talk about that as time goes on. But we just want you to be able to share and to be a blessing to other people and, and to bless other people as the Lord would have you do. So we'll be talking about that down the road. The other thing to tell you is up in the future is coming Timothy, the book, 1 Corinthians, the book, Job, the book, and James, the book. Those are just some of the things that we're going to be teaching. And then the last thing to tell you is money is very helpful for paying the radio bill. For without it, we cannot pay it if. Get it? So please check out, if you have that opportunity and can help, and you can still go there anyway, please check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemostincrease.org. Praise report? Hemostincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemostincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. Boy, does that sound flat now. You have ruined me forever. Way to go, Chris. Uh, we are going to forego our normal opening for prayer because of the text that we're teaching on. We will open up with, uh, we'll be praying for Ukraine and the United States, plus we'll be praying for the body. We'll probably do that in the next segment. But this segment is so important. It is the single most difficult New Testament portion to teach. So I'm sure in the next six minutes we can completely resolve it so nobody has any more questions. Uh, here we go in Hebrews chapter 6, starting with verse 4. It is impossible to renew to repentance those who were once enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who've shared in the Holy Spirit, who've tasted God's good word and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away. It is impossible to renew them to repentance. This is because to their own harm they are crucifying the Son of God and holding him up to contempt. Before you get going on any of this, I will tell you right now, I'm going to read you a couple of things that are really important. These are scholars that have spent their life just studying this portion as it relates to others. So I'm going to give you some of the top fields of this. 
We'll continue in the next segment on some of this, but I want you to hear these things right off the bat. The first person who had a comment is a gentleman named Thomas Lee. Uh, it's not Larry Lee. It's Thomas Lee. He's a he's a, a scholar. He says this, this debate of these verses between Calvinists and Arminians has often produced more flame than insight. Okay, that's the first brilliant thing anybody said about it. Uh, many different interpretations of this passage appeal. Here are a few of the examples. Some people feel these passages teach that a true Christian can become lost. Other people think the case being discussed is purely hypothetical. Others see the threat as consisting of a loss of rewards rather than a loss of salvation itself being more in the sanctification process. Some feel the readers of Hebrews were the readers of the book letter of Hebrews or the, the letter were near Christians but not really Christians. Okay, everybody toss that one out. That's not that good. <laughs> Okay, and then uh, the, the the author uh, Thomas Lee said he believes that the Hebrew addressed those words to those who profess to be Christians and urges them to continue in their genuine profession by refusing or by making the decision not to apostatize. That is the main text that people are like: you can get saved and be lost; you can get saved and can't be lost. This is the main text where that exists. To give you one other. Uh, theologian, because I don't want to be skewing this until I give my, my two cents, which in this case is really only worth two cents. Um, this is what another scholar said. Uh, the verses uh, in this passage have been subject to much debate. There's several possible interpretations regarding the author's intentions to identify those who have fallen away. First, some say those who had fallen away were genuine Christians and have forsaken Jesus and reverted to Judaism. A second view says they were hearers who understood the gospel but never became true believers. A third interpretation identifies the things that are better and that pertain to salvation as sanctification rather than justification. That's just saying that it's a different portion of salvation it's talking about. And a fourth interpretation holds that the writer is speaking about apostasy as a possibility but not an often reality. These are all these theological ideas behind those passages we just read. I'll read them again and make sure you catch what's going on here. For it's impossible to renew to repentance those who were once enlightened, who tasted the heavenly gift, who shared the Holy Spirit, who tasted God's good word and the powers of the coming age and have fallen away. This is because to their own harm, they are re-crucifying the Son of God. Ooh, re-crucifying the Son of God and holding him up to contempt. Now, one thing we will say before we exit, because I wanted to get into this. This is such an intense portion, and many, many theologians have written many books. There's probably about 400 books on theological tree on this. Uh, I will say this, and I think it's something that people should recognize. These are people that were enlightened, tasted, and shared. That's what the text says. They were enlightened, which means they got it. They tasted, which means they participated. They shared, which means they took some of that participation and shared it with others. At a minimum, all of these people had an extremely serious foot in the church door. There's no way to say any other statement other than these were not unbelievers. These are definitively people who have engaged in Christian life. 
And when we get back, we'll talk about what my perspective is on what happened or how it happens so that you can be like thinking, ooh, ooh. Here we go. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a short break, then we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, you reach down and this KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. It only takes a minute. We're just joining our faith really together, believing that God's graciousness is here for this. Father, we come before you and we ask you in the name of Jesus, with help from the Holy Spirit, that you would touch in our audience those people who are physically hurting. There are some where their pain is really intense on a regular basis. It's just very, very draining. And we ask that you would give them strength and you would renew them and you would empower them. But most of all, that you would heal them and you would touch their physical bodies. And even if it can only be for a short period by your determination, we ask that that would come for them and they would get that relief. And for those that are just drawing closer to you, that there would be some great sense of comfort, some great sense of wisdom and trust. But heal those who are hurting from the smallest item to the deepest and most serious element. Nothing escapes your notice. So minister to those people by your grace and by your mercy, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The David Spoon Experience. If Jesus oh, welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where much of the audience is going this is serious teaching. Well, it's like, yes, that's correct. This portion happens to be quite intense. Wait till we get to the next hour where things are a little bit looser, but you'll have to just get through this first because you have to learn together what the scriptures say and mean. Uh, here's your first trivia question. What? I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Was it? 
Okay, so it says, what? Was it a poor man, a rich man, a Jewish man, or a Samaritan who asked Jesus, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Was it a poor man, a rich man, a Jewish man, or a Samaritan who asked, teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, and then you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. Let us open up with a word of prayer for the United States and Ukraine while people are trying to process on that trivia question. Then we'll ask it again and set it up again. But let's pray real quickly. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up our nation to you, the United States. And as people are planning on doing certain protests, uh, even amongst our churches, we pray that the churches would handle situations with wisdom and with grace and understanding and also standing firm in the truth, immovable. We pray for our country because its division is so intense, we don't want the nation to fall. So we pray for your mercy in that situation. We also pray for Ukraine, that there could be peace in a war-torn country. Uh, Lord, you, you know the information that they're bringing out. It's kind of limited for us right now, but we do know that some people are having some little pockets of revival. We pray you bless those revivals and let people get to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then on top of this, we pray for our body, the people here who are on this show, who are participating in the show, who listen to the show and never call in, that you would meet their personal needs. And I can enumerate so many people and so many needs with Gary and Ace and, and Susie and Deb and Mary and Aunt Deb's friend. And, and just we're just praying for them and baby Theo and Avery and Easton and all these other people, Lord, that are a part of us. We pray your grace and mercy and kindness and healing into their lives, and we entrust ourselves to you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, so here is the question. Was it a poor man, a rich man, a Jewish man, or a Samaritan who asked Jesus, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? That's the question. If you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us at 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Let's go back to the text that we've been talking about. One of the more uh, uh, controversial texts. That might be a way to say it. We'll read the text, review it, and give. I'll give you some conclusions in it. It says this. This is uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4. For it is impossible to renew to repentance those who were once enlightened, who tasted the heavenly gift, who shared the Holy Spirit, who tasted God's good word, and the powers of the coming age, and have fallen away. This is because to their own harm, they are re-crucifying the Son of God and holding him up to contempt. All right? Now, we have somebody who's going to call in and answer the trivia question, and we're going to give them that opportunity to answer it. And then if, even if I had to take this into an extra innings kind of uh, teaching, I will be glad to do that because of the level of importance uh, that we're dealing with. But let's give people an opportunity to answer real quickly. Are we ready? 
Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This this is Don. I'm sorry, this is Bob? Don. Don. Hey, Don. How are you? Fine. I would have called you early, but you were talking about grilled cheese sandwiches, and so I just made one. (laughs) (laughs) That is excellent. That's what we want. That's it. I make the best grilled cheese sandwich. (laughs) Jesus would love this one. I love it. I love it. That's what it is, talking to Captain Chris, like eating a great grilled cheese sandwich. I love grilled cheese sandwiches. Good for you, man. Good for you. I love it. All right, here we go. Trivia question on top. Here it is. Was it a poor man, a rich man, a Jewish man, or a Samaritan who asked Jesus, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Who asked that question? He was a rich man. That is correct, sir! <laughs> that is right. And you here's, know, here's I the... Wanna, I want to tell you something. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, it, it is so important. You know, what's fun about this program is the second you say the question when you know it that's great <laughs> you don't have to falter at all that's and awesome you know it only because you stay in the work that's right and awesome that's what i want to make sure i try to tell a lot of people they always want to know why i know all these things because i study that's right in the word and that makes all the difference and in this case this text one unbelievable text he says what can i do to get eternal life he was trying to get it he's trying to almost bargain for it it's like no 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 that, that's not how you get there dude <laughs> that's, okay, so great. that's awesome well i wish i could send you a grilled cheese sandwich all right I, I'll, I will eat it when you send it i promise <laughs> thank Thanks, you brother. brother have a great weekend all right god bless you God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Love it. All right. So now let's go back to this text. That was a fun call. Enjoy it. I love I love when you guys call in. All right. So uh, don't get the wrong idea. I love when you text, too, because, you know, like, you know, some people, like Joanne and Cordelia, they are masters at images. <laughs> so I don't just get the text. I get, you know, pictures. All right. So in this text, I want to make sure that you guys understand something. Because of people's theology, they determine certain elements of Scripture. In other words, somebody thinks, well, there's no way that you can write that passage, uh, Hebrews 6, 4, 4, 5, and so on and so forth, where he's like, it's impossible to renew dependence, those who have enlightened. They would say, well, that wasn't to Christians. Of course it's to Christians. The book is to the Hebrew Christians. The entire letter is to Christians. I mean, it's just like, really? I mean, it's like that's a that's a lame way to approach things, okay? Oh, it's got to fit my theology. Nope, you got to move your theology to fit with God's truth. God doesn't need to accommodate you, me, or anybody else. His truth is his truth, and that's the way it goes. So we mentioned briefly that there are a few very specific ideas. People feel that the passage teaches that a true Christian can become lost. Other people believe it's a hypothetical case. Other people believe it's consistent consistency of losing rewards other people think like i mentioned that though they weren't really christians which is kind of goofy we'll just forget that one uh other people say that they under heard the gospel but they never became actual actual believers and then some people drop down into the sanctification versus justification and then the last thing is that a speak the speaking this 
the the author is writing about apostasy as a possibility, but not necessarily a reality, something that happens. And so let me just give you my definition. You don't have to like it. I understand that, and I'm not asking you to fellowship with me based on this interpretation. But number one, it says it's impossible to new, to renew to repentance. That phrase does not exclude salvation, though it probably should. In other words, it's impossible to renew them to repentance. They can't repent again. But that doesn't say they go to hell. So there's a kind of a iffy, iffy there. But that I don't even care about that. That's just to throw a whole wrench into the, everybody's process. Because when it says you know it's impossible to do repentance, that doesn't say they can't they can't get to heaven. Okay, it's just I'm just saying that. And it's also what's impossible for man is possible for God. So you always you know be careful about stuff like that. But. This is definitely people that are deep in. And when I say deep in, these aren't people that are just kind of like, oh, yeah, Christianity, I think it's cool, so on and so forth. These are people that are all way, I mean, they have tasted it, they've shared it, they've enlightened, they're seriously in. And it's talking about people that fall away or apostatize, not backsliding. Do you, do you hear what I just said? These are not backsliders. These are full-blown rejection of something previously accepted. In other words, they said, you know, I believed this, and now I've changed my belief, and it's this. And you're thinking in your mind, well, I know, but does that mean a Christian can can lose their salvation? That's the cross-cut or the cross-wiring that's taking place. That's not what the author's communicating. What the author's communicating is people apostatize If they want to, you can get into the nitty-gritty and say, well, technically, men, then they probably weren't ultimately saved. Well, maybe in the eyes or mind of God you can get that, but we don't have that far in. But this passage is about people who want to apostatize, not people who don't want to apostatize. And you have people reading this text that are like, going, oh, I don't want to be like that. It's like, don't worry, because that's the whole point. You won't be. In fact, the author says, "Better, we believe better things for you. But the premise is that somebody got deep in, participated, loved it, and then said, forget it. I want to be my own king. From a practical testimony point of view, you guys are just going to go, what? In my Christian walk of 43 years, and I have met tens of thousands of people, I have met one person that I would consider an apostate. One. And they willfully, joyfully made that decision after being deep in the faith. So can you lose it? Well, if you want to throw it away, I suppose the answer would be yes. But can you lose it if you never want to lose it? No. And that's the theology line that I come down with. And Yeah, that's a little different than some people think. That's how I read the passage. You want to be an apostate? Be an apostate. But if you don't want to be, don't worry. There's better things for you. The Lord won't let you go. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a short break, then we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life, it feels like I've been running. What is the David Spoon experience? So you know what David did? He asked God again. And how did God answer? He answered him. God didn't go, you asked me twice. (laughs) 
strike you with lightning, strike you with lightning. It's like that's not how this works. So the scripture says in 1 Samuel 23, 4, go check out your Bible. Once again, David inquired of the Lord and the Lord answered him. It's like, go, 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 go do your thing. Go, 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 go. It's okay to inquire more than once, even if there's an answer that you've got, because sometimes we look for reassurance and clarity and for comfort and from eliminating hearing mistakes. We're not trying to irritate God. We're not trying to fight against his will. We're not trying to be uh, disobedient. The Lord knows that. See, I think what happens is we'll do something. It'll be sincere action. Then somebody else may hear about it or you mention somebody and the way they interpret it is different than the way God interprets it. When I come before the Lord and he says, go do this, and I come before the Lord again and do one of those, are you sure? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. That's not me trying to be bad. And this is the same kind of thing that happens when you get into the the, the people that that uh, you know one group in Christianity is like you know you can't you, you can't ask for signs and ask for signs at all because it shows that you either have no faith or you don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. Well, first of all, that's not true because God gave signs all the way from Genesis to Revelation, so that's just silly. The other part of that is people asking for signs like Gideon. We're just like going, okay, I'm just trying not to mess this up, right? What Jesus rebuked was the people asking for a sign to prove he was the Messiah. That's substantially different than asking God, uh, I, I just need to know I'm not doing this dumb. Right? I mean, and that's why what we do is we kind of pour into these rules and these reasonings, and it's like, you know what? Don't do that. Come before the Lord. Be yourself. You know, you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to posture before God he already knows. <laughs> it's like it's like, you know, I just want you to know I'm not gonna look up right now. Now, if you really feel that way, that's fair. But don't do that because you're trying to impress God, because he knows you're trying to impress him, so then don't do that. Just tell him what's going on, share your heart, share your feelings. One of the things that I see about prayer, and this is a true statement. Some people say, well, people pray to get things changed. Uh, it's maybe better to say that we pray so that God changes us. That might be more accurate so that we get into a surrender or a, a yielded position. It's not that you can't have faith, not that you can't pray, but I'm, what I'm talking about is coming and yielding and going, Just I'm just trying to get the clarity. I want to know what I'm doing is what you want to do. I think it's a, a very important element for people who are seeking wisdom just to be as earnest and honest as possible. If the Lord grants you a sign, the bigger problem about that is most of the time, like for Israel, they didn't believe it anyway. 